0: So as I said before, this month we are focusing on the scriptures for VBS. Um, And so our theme this month is Going Beyond. And I admit that as I looked at our Vacation Bible School theme for this summer, called To Mars and Beyond, and I thought about this theme, the first thing that came to mind for me was Buzz Lightyear and Toy Story and his rallying cry to infinity and beyond. (laughs) For Buzz Lightyear, there is no limit in his mind on what can be accomplished. He leaps without thinking, he doesn't accept any limitations, and he would do anything for those that he loves and cares about. And I guess when I put it that way, maybe this does fit with our theme for the month after all. We're reminded in Ephesians 3.20 that God is able to do far more than we can ask for or possibly imagine. God does not accept limitations. God will do anything for those that God loves, including coming down to live among us, including reaching out to us no matter how many times we turn away. God's love for us goes to infinity and beyond. And when this love inhabits us, it encourages us to go beyond that which is normally expected. It encourages us to go beyond the norm. It encourages us to act boldly in our love for other people. It encourages us to show that same love that God has for us out to others, particularly to those who may not already know God's love. But even though they may not know God's love yet, they are no more or less deserving of that love than we are. As we hear in our brief text today, Esther is a pretty good model for this bold love that we are called to have for others. I chose to read only a single passage out of the text today. The book of Esther is actually a fairly short text in the Bible. It's only ten chapters long. Um, But this one verse here in the middle of the text really sums up for us the many ways in which God does far more for us in the midst of our love for others than we can know or expect. Now, I know that we just had the, the children's uh, groups did a nice play about Esther just a few weeks ago, and for those that were there, I'm sorry if this is going to, to uh, be a little bit of a rehash, but I did want to make sure that everyone is a bit familiar with the story of Esther. So for those who may not have heard it recently, I just want to sum it up a little bit. So the story of Esther takes place in this kingdom of Persia during the time of King Ahasuerus. And having gotten annoyed with his wife, Vashti, he sends her away and decides he needs to find a new queen. And so while he's out uh, searching through the city for this new queen, he comes across Esther, who is a young orphaned uh, Jewish girl who has been raised by her, her relative Mordecai. And the king decides that this is the woman who is going to be his next queen. Uh, but he doesn't know that she's Jewish, which will come into play later in the story. Now, shortly after this, Mordecai, who works at the city gates, overhears a plot to assassinate the king. And he reports this, and the, the perpetrators are, are collected, and nothing happens to the king. And they make note of it, but he's not even rewarded for his service. And then the king winds up promoting one of his servants, uh, Haman, to be the viceroy, to be chief among his, his other servants. And, um, you know, Haman kind of lets this go to his head, and he expects everyone to kind of bow down and grovel before him because, you know, next to the king, he's kind of the, the next highest in the pecking order. And pretty much everyone does, except for Mordecai, who, you know, he just, he won't bow down before anyone. His faith won't let him do that. And this, of course, infuriates Haman, who decides that, you know, not only is he going to get back at Mordecai, but he's going to get at all the Jews who are living in the land. And so he goes and tells the king, hey, there's this group of people, and they don't follow your laws. They do their own thing, and we really ought to do something about that. And so the king hands him his ring and says, you know what, I hand this over to you. You do what you think is right. And so Haman decides he's going to write out this decree, And say that on the 13th day of the 12th month, all the Jews in the land are to be rounded up and killed. And he sends this out to all the governors. And he seals it with the king's seal, making it official. And then he waits. And so, of course, as the Jews start to learn of this plan, they're in shock. They're in mourning. They really don't know what to do. And Mordecai, he is... Ripped his clothes and he's in mourning and and standing out in the city in this way and yelling up at the gods or at God, saying, How can you let this happen? And finally, he's like, Well, you know what? I'm gonna go to Esther. Esther, you have got to do something about this. And he begs her to go to the king to get this law reversed. But Esther is afraid. Because she knows that if you approach the king without being invited, you will be put to death. Doesn't matter who you are, that's just the rules, that's the way it happens. But then Mordecai reminds her, well, don't forget that you are subject to this law as well. Don't think that being in the king's household is going to save you. And then he, shares, he says these words that we heard in our scripture today. In fact, if you don't speak up at this very important time... Relief and rescue will appear for the Jews from another place, but you and your family will die. But who knows? Maybe it was for a moment like this that you came to be a part of the royal family. And so Esther goes and she waits outside the king's court, and the king permits her to approach. But instead of addressing this concern straight away, she just she invites the king to come and, and feast with her, along with his viceroy, Haman. And she throws them a feast, and they all feast, and the king is saying, you know, whatever, whatever it is I can do for you, just, just let me know. And she's like, well, if it pleases you, come back tomorrow. Y'all come back tomorrow, and I'll throw you another feast. And so after the feast, Haman goes out, and again Mordecai refuses to bow before him, and so he gets really upset again, and now he's like, well, I'm just going gonna, gonna to kill Mordecai. And so he has the gallows built out in the courtyard, and he's going to put Mordecai to death even before his other plans come through. And then that same evening, the king is having trouble sleeping. And so he orders a scribe to read from him from the royal records. Now, I imagine if I was having trouble sleeping, having someone read to me from the royal records would probably put me out too. Um, I imagine it would be kind of like being the president and having someone read the Constitution to you in order to help you go to sleep or... You know, or maybe it's like I, I saw this uh, this this uh, thing on on uh, Facebook about the the woman who was having trouble sleeping at night, and so she rolls over to her husband and she's like, "Can you uh, can you describe your Dungeon and Dragons character to me tonight?" And of course, she goes right to sleep. So. The king is trying to go to sleep and he's having these records read to him, and he, and they come to the part in the records where it tells about Mordecai saving him from the assassination plot, and he's like, wait, did we ever do anything for him about that? And the you know, the scribes like, Well, no, nothing nothing ever happened. So the king decides, you know what, I, I need to do something about this. And he sees Haman out there standing in the courtyard and he calls him over and and he says, You know, Mordecai, if I really wanted to reward someone, what 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 would be a really good reward? And, and of course, Haman is so self-centered, he thinks the king is talking about him, that the king wants to reward him for something. So he starts describing all the stuff that he would want the king to do for him if, if the king were really pleased with him. And so he gets done, and the king's like, you know what, that's a great idea. Go find Mordecai and do all those things for him. Now, obviously, this means that Haman can't just have Mordecai killed. And then the next day, he goes to this feast with the king, at, at, with, with Queen Esther. And at this meal, she then tells the king, You know what? I really don't want you to kill all my people. And the king's like, What are you talking about? And she was like, Well, this royal decree went out and all the Jews are supposed to be killed. And oh, by the way, I'm Jewish too, so this means I would be killed. And, and I really want you to do that, to, to stop that. And, and he doesn't have any idea what's going on. And, and he's like, Well, who would do such a thing? And she was like, Well, your viceroy, Haman. Um, and so the, the king is really overwhelmed with this. And he, and he, he leaves. He, he can't even be in the same place anymore because he doesn't know what he, what he can do. Because he just really feels like, well, as king, I, 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 this, this royal decree has gone out. I can't really just reverse it. Um, but then he has Haman put to death on the same gallows that he had built for Mordecai. And um, then Mordecai is made the new viceroy. And so through these actions of Esther, actions that could have led to her death, the Jewish people living in Persia were saved. And because of her faith and the love that she had for Mordecai and for the rest of her family, she took these actions, these bold actions that could have led to her own death and went to see the king so that she could save the people. And the result was more than she could have expected, more than she asked for. She merely was trying to keep the people from being killed. And instead, she was given control of Haman's wealth, and Mordecai was made the new viceroy. And it's interesting to note, as we think about this, that God is not, in fact, mentioned anywhere in the book of Esther. Which is a very interesting thing. Even though Mordecai's faith, And what he will and won't do because of that faith is very central to the story and the action that plays out in this story. Even though we see signs of God here in the text, God is not actually named. But it's obvious that God is present here in this place. In fact, I think in some ways this lack of a direct mention of God makes it even more compelling When we look at our focus text for today, there's much we can say about God from just these few short lines. First, we know that God loves God's people and will work miracles for them with or without our help. This is obvious in the first line of the text. If you don't speak up at this very moment, relief and rescue will appear for the Jews from another place. God is at work and will make sure that salvation comes whether we act or not. This is not meant to suggest that we shouldn't do anything. In fact, Mordecai was using this argument to say that Esther needs to do something. But it does mean that God will do more than we can expect or ask for. It does mean that while individuals might make different choices... God is still working for the salvation of all. Even when we aren't asking for salvation, God is still offering it. And the next part of this text is equally important. But who knows? Maybe it was for a moment like this that you came to be part of the royal family. For Esther, her placement in the royal household was an opportunity for salvation, an opportunity that they couldn't have planned for, but that was there, while Mordecai made it clear that his belief that salvation would come regardless, it is a fact that Esther is in a prime position to make sure that that salvation can take place. It's kind of like a more positive version of the story of Joseph and his brothers, while Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery out of their jealousy, it caused him to be in a place to ultimately save his family during a time of a great famine. And becoming queen, Esther is placed in a key position to save her family in a similar moment of peril. Not that she didn't deserve to be queen, perhaps, but look how much good was able to come from that. Look what good was able to come from that, more than they could have expected would come out of her becoming the queen. Now other translations of this text use the phrase, for such a time as this, to indicate the providence at work in the midst of Esther's circumstances. An orphan girl with little to offer becomes queen at just the right time to have the influence to save her people. Even without naming God explicitly, we can see God's hand at work. What about us? In the midst of our fears and our hesitations, in the midst of situations that seem out of our control, perhaps we are exactly where we are meant to be for such a time as this. Perhaps we are exactly in the position that we need to be in to show God's faithfulness and love to the world in this very place. To show God's love and forgiveness in a place that very desperately needs it. I'm not myself a queen. I don't have any royal blood that I'm aware of. And I don't know that I have any particular influence with those who have power. But I do firmly believe that I am exactly where God needs me to be exactly in the place I need to be for such a time as this. I can see God's work, God's hand at work, and all the subtle coincidences that occurred for me to get here in this place. Doesn't mean it was easy. There were plenty of occasions over the last few years when I was just as concerned about losing everything as Esther was when she was asked to approach the king. And yet, like Esther, my family, my faith taught me to trust. And here I am in this community today doing ministry that I love amongst a community of faithful people. What about you? As you go home today, I want you to consider your faith and the ways in which you trust God in your life. How does your faith and trust in God lead you to act boldly in the name of love. Esther risked everything she had in the name of those she loved. She chose to trust God rather than to play it safe. And the results were beyond all that she hoped. Imagine all the things God can accomplish through us in this community if we trust in God and act boldly for love. Maybe that is exactly why you are here today. Exactly why you are in this community at this time. Maybe your presence is exactly what this community needs. Sometimes God answers prayers through us. Sometimes we are in exactly the right place at the right time to benefit others. And every time, God is able to do far more with what little act of faith that we could, could offer than we could ever accomplish on our own. Like Esther, may we act boldly in the name of love. Like Buzz Lightyear, may we act without hesitation. And may the God who loves us all, wherever we may find ourselves, be with us to infinity and beyond.